We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good Saturday morning, baseball fans. This hour, the score is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. I am Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. And, Bruce, I got a whole page of stuff here on the Sandberg game. Can't wait to talk about it, but not till hour number two. Good Absolutely. Morning. We get to talk to Bob Costas, Ryan Sandberg, about that iconic game 35 years ago. Tomorrow at Wrigley Field, uh, the coming out game for the 1984 Cubs. Ryan Sandberg, the MVP of that year. Of course, Bob Costas, the Hall of Famer, uh, scheduled to join us. We'll hear from Willie McGee also. First hour is all about you as well as we talk Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. We're going to talk to Tyler Chatwood at about 940. Looking forward to that. You were on the field for Adbert Alzale's debut uh, afterwards talking to Wilson Contreras we need to talk about a possible six-man rotation Zach Collins with a home run we got stuff Bruce we do and by the way uh, inside the clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook your home for the best food in Chicagoland the checklist the best deli yes the best restaurant no doubt the best bakery on the North Shore without question dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. feature full meals of roast beef chicken the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city bakery goods to die for Include sugar cookies, mandel bread, home-baked bagels, bialis, rye bread galore. Private party room and business meeting area, 10 to 150 people taken care of. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. As for John, maxandbenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. Uh, a good game for the White Sox yesterday. Nice uh, ending to that game for them. Uh, as you mentioned, the Collins story. The Chicago Cubs, not so good. Yeah, let's talk about what's going on with rotation. We, we will get to Collins and, and that home run and, and his arrival with a bang in a little bit. But in terms of that rotation, that's a bad moment for you, Darvish, yesterday to blow a lead in a game that he had been handed a lead back in. And then the bullpen does its thing with Brad Brock and Mike Montgomery. Woof. Um, but in terms of the rotation, what are we looking at over the next few weeks until the All-Star break comes, Bruce? Because Kyle Hendricks, it's still very much up in the air what his status is. Yeah, I don't expect to see him until uh, after the All-Star game. Uh, Kyle was, uh, you know, he's always the gentleman, always the easiest guy to talk to. Yesterday when I tried to talk to him on the field about what's going on, he has not been available since, uh, you know, the announcement came. Not that mm. he was going to be out, but that there's an impingement in his right shoulder. Mm. So. Uh, he said, no, nah, you know, uh, I don't really feel like talking right now. I'll talk to you probably over the next couple of days. Now, that's rare in and of itself and interesting in and of itself. So does that mean he's, uh, he's worried about the severity or does that mean there's a plan formulating that he might not be a fan of? 
would it be all conjecture at this point until he talks to us. But you can you can probably tell the frustration is there that he's going to be out, and you know this looks like a, a you know extended time that they're not concerned uh, about the injury itself uh, being a season long or two month long. I think. Uh, Jed Hoyer talked about that as well. Yeah, let's get to Jed Hoyer, who was uh, talking about uh, Hendricks and the state of his injury and what may or may not be the plan. This is Jed Hoyer and Kyle Hendricks. The reports are that he's feeling good, but we're not ready to um, you know, talk through a, a, a plan yet or a, a progression. Um, but we're happy that, you know, like I said, the initial shutdown has been good. And, uh, you know, listen, we just want to get him back on the mound um, as you know, the dominant Kyle Hendricks and, you know, not, not rushing back. There's no reason to do that this time of year. No reason to do that. So, yeah, it sounds like they're going to they're gonna hold him back. And, yeah, well, and, I mean, and, and the, the idea is, is that uh, if you, you read into Hoyer's comments, as you should, it's like, you know, we can get him back out there, but we want him to be pristine. We want him to be 100% healthy. I think the conversations were probably, you know, we're going to, instead of getting you back for, in two weeks, we, we're going to take three weeks to make sure that this thing is right so that we don't rush you back and that you're, you're ready for the second half of the season. So even when Hendricks was healthy and the rotation was rolling, we would still talk about the need every once in a while to buy an extra day's rest for these veterans. Um, and, and here's a little more Hoyer talking about what they might do in terms of the rotation. Do you go to a six-man? And this is all without any specific names that we can get into after. But here's, here's Hoyer talking about the possibility of a six-man. We're kind of very much in the process. We sat down after the game and talked through some stuff, and we'll continue to talk through, you know, scenarios with it. Um, we've been pretty open. Like, you, want, you want your starters at some point to get a refresher, um, get a little bit more time between starts. Uh, it's a long season, and we haven't had tons of days off. Um, so I think between now and the, and, you know, and the break, uh, we will definitely you know, think through ways to, to give guys a little bit extra time. And then, you know, the break will come at a good time, which will allow everyone to sort of, you know, get the, get the extra rest. So we've been talking about it. You know, no answers yet, um, but we'll, we'll keep, uh, keep looking at it. And that's some, certainly something we're going to try to do. Certainly something we're going to try to do. That's what you read into what he said there. So, you know, he's bouncing around. But at the end, he says very matter-of-factly, you know, this is what we want to do. And that means that with Adbert Elzelay and his uh, – four and third innings of uh, outstanding ball the other night. And Tyler Chatwood, who we expect to talk to later on our show at around 940, um, that there could be this six-man uh, rotation up until the All-Star game, and it might be implemented as early as next week. Now, they did a six-man rotation last August to supply some extra rest. Uh, they did it in 2016, uh, towards the end of the year, Mon- Mike Montgomery remained a starter even when John Lackey came back. Uh, I know that there was that stretch. Before the All-Star break in 2016, I think Adam Warren involved yeah. in getting a start here or there to do this kind of thing. So this is very much in character with right. the way they if, run, the, if, run ball clubs. If you remember 2016, it wasn't good going into the All-Star no, break. No, that was the one real yeah. dark moment they, of the they, year. They had actually had the best record in baseball for – a long time. Then they had that 10, 12 game stretch mm-hmm. where they lost, and the Giants eventually, at that point, had the better record in the National League. And then out of the break, that five and a half games uh, were made up rather quickly within two and a half weeks. The Cubs were back in first place after being down five and a half games. So this is to buy the time. And also, 
because of the Alzelay uh, start and what they believe in Alzelay, uh, it allows them to get him into the rotation, give Lester and Hamels, the uh, veterans, a little bit more rest as they move forward to the All-Star game. Tell, tell people about that night when Adbert, Adbert uh, Alzelay makes his debut. And I know you're on the field. I heard you on the postgame um, with our, our radio crew, Pat, Pat Hughes and, and Ron Coomer, talking to Wilson Contreras. And, and Contreras was excited about Alzelay, said he had a good scouting report um, for him, and, and obviously he looked great. But Alzelay's emotion is one thing, but his ability and where it stands right now, does he look like a guy who should be able to string up some, some starts of success? You know, again, it's four and a third innings, as Anthony Rizzo said, uh, after a couple of reporters asked, uh, you know, is this the next uh, coming of the great rotation pitcher? They, it's, you know, he said, hit the brakes, would you? It's four and a third innings. The guy had a, a great night for us. Let him enjoy it. Let's not make him Pedro Martinez yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he, he was so impressive, Matt, because he struck out the first three betters that he struck out with different pitches. See, that, that's the change thing. Change up, curveball, fastball. He's got multiple pitches that right. he's got control of and the willingness to use them at any point in the count. However, they, they did point out, and Ron Coomer pointed this out uh, on the broadcast as well, uh, he was hanging some curveballs, okay? And normally that's his best pitch. But once Contreras saw that it wasn't, even though they weren't hitting it, hmm. uh, he went more to the changeup. And the changeup is something that they've been working on in the minor leagues with him, and he was thrilled about the fact that his changeup works so well. So he felt really good about himself. He comes off the field. He does the Lou Gehrig uh, hat salute. You know, I mean, uh, the, the players were uh, – they gave him a, a really fun, hard time about, you know, taking the hat completely off, <laughs> waving it, you know, jumping up and down, doing a couple jumping jacks, a cartwheel. Milk, uh, milking the moment. He's 24. Let the man know, have his fun. I know. It was, a, it, was a, it was beautiful because of the naivety of the whole event itself, how much he was into it. Um, the players loved the hell out of it. Joe loved the hell out of it. But, you know, there were some other takeaways there with him. The, the fact that, you know, he threw the ball behind one of their best hitters mm. uh, with, when he had really good control. You know, yeah. threw it behind him. What do we make of that? Here I am, you know. Here I am. I'm, I'm setting myself up for the future. I'm, I'm here, you know, pay attention. You that know? wasn't just one that he held on to no. a little bit too long? Nope. It can't, can't be. <laughs> Cannot be. Not when, not when you throw behind uh, one of their very best hitters. Uh, and, and it happened to be Robinson Cano. Yeah, well, interesting. Um, well, you know, you point out their enjoyment of it, the team's excitement about it, and his naivete and his his passion. I mean, a lot of times, good teams, playoff teams, World Series teams, have a guy or two that comes up like this in the middle of the year and gives an injection of that kind of thing. Yeah, he has good stuff, but I'm I'm with um, I'm, I'm with Rizzo. Let's. Uh, Let's let them uh, slowly sure. roll into it. And, uh, you know, we all have a tendency to overhype situations. For sure. Up. But he came in right after Chatwood, who was pretty good. Uh, not great, but pretty good. And uh, the plan worked perfectly. They had him set up because he hadn't relieved. They, they knew they had, once they got him hot and ready that they had to bring him in. And uh, Chatwood had to step aside. And they, they brought him in and pitched the four and a third after the uh, home run to Frazier and a walk. 
uh, Joe had to take him out. Yeah, and, 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 and to be clear, on, on my end, I'm more talking about the personality infusion mm-hmm. that sometimes happens when a guy like that comes yeah. up that, that I've thought about really since, God, 2002. Remember when uh, K-Rod, when Francisco Rodriguez shows up for the Angels, for Joe Madden's Angels, and he's a bench coach with Mike right. Sosha, and K-Rod's like, oh, my God, look at this guy. Look, look who we have, and all of a sudden it kind of lights a room on fire a little bit. You know, it happens. You know, that throughout baseball history, you have a young arm come up, and they fit right in. They're mature enough, and they handle the moment right if you talk to this young man you're going to enjoy it because he's uh he's he's enjoying the moment he's uh feeling himself in the moment and he's not overmatched in his mind he's he's been ready for this for a couple of years an injury last year in may curtailed the rest of his season otherwise you probably would have saw him up last season yeah there's a lot to the azalei thing he stands as an emblem of them finally bringing a pitcher through the developmental system to the big club and also if, let's say the San Francisco Giants were asking for Alzale in exchange for Will Smith or one of those guys. Yeah, that's you not see, happening. Yeah, you see why they don't want to do that. No, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, again, uh, they, I, I got to talk to Jason McLeod, who's, you know, the head of uh, the minor leagues and scouting and has been right there, of course, with uh, Jed and Theo from the beginning. He was uh, floating on a cloud yesterday after finally getting – one of their good young pitchers up, being able to show that the that the, this organization can <laughs> produce good young starting pitching. I mean, it's been a real challenge. Yes, it and is. And they they've developed a tremendous amount of good players, but the pitching has been short. Uh, you know, Cease is uh, you know an example of someone who's going to probably be really good with the White Sox. Uh, Godley won uh, 15 games for Arizona last year. He was in the deal for Montero. Um, so it's not like they haven't produced. They've had to use some of their great players like Torres and Jimenez in deals to keep them, you know, the sustaining of this playoff run. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts a farm director and it hurts a a guy like, uh, like, um, McLeod. McLeod. So he feels really, really good about what happened with, um, Alzelay the other night. Makes a lot of sense. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel at 670 The Score. Next hour, we'll look back on the Sandberg game 35 years ago tomorrow. And looking forward to that, talking to Bob Costas at the top of the hour right here on The Score, and then Ryan Sandberg later in the hour. But let's come back and do some White Sox, shall we? Absolutely. Zach Collins arrives with a bang last night, and the way they won that one late uh, was, was pretty fun. If you missed it, we'll talk about it. That's all next on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two and two. Collins hits it high in the air. Center field. Santana back at the wall. It is gone! First major league home run for Zach Collins is also his first hit. And when he touches home, the smile will land on his face. Welcome to the big league, Zach. Man. That's fun when different pieces that you've heard about for years start showing up and producing. Uh, in a week that saw Eloy Jimenez win a game at Wrigley, 
in a year that has seen Johan Moncada develop uh, and show you the possibilities in his offensive game. The White Sox get their latest cookie last night. Zach Collins making his first start, and that's his first official at bat. He went one for five, struck out three times, but that was a three-run homer that looked good. And, and that's, you know, the point you make is, is a really good one about the feel-good for the Sox fan base. The front office who, you know, have had to hide uh, in, in the shadows over the last two and a half, three years waiting for this thing to develop, doing what they feel was the right thing to do, trading, you know, a great pitcher like Sale, uh, making the deal for uh, Eaton and getting three pitchers, um, you know, doing these international signs, making the great trade with the Cubs. Uh, these things you have to wait for. And when you see Anderson start the year and the month of uh, April, the player of the month, and all the young players, the guys that you want to do well, mm-hmm. are the guys that are making things happen right now. That's the essential part of the rebuild. That's when you can start feeling good about what's happening. Yeah, and you'll hear it. You'll hear national voices, even just listening to uh, some national MLB radio. Um, it was a late last night, I think. I, I was hearing, you know, not, not, not going to be too long for these White Sox, that kind of stuff. There's, you know, they're one game under 500. At 36 and 37, but, but as you say, Bruce, some pieces that are important um, doing their thing. Zach Collins has to play while he's here. I mean, he's yeah, got. But, but where? <sighs> where do you want him? Well, first of all, I want him to get 100% of the at bats that Yonder Alonso has been getting. Okay. I'd like to retroactively go backwards and give him the ones that Yonder Alonso has already had, if I can do that. I'm, I'm with you on that. So, so uh, that means a little first, a little DH, um, right. and every once in a while to catch and spell James McCann. Yeah, I imagine, you know, you, you, know, you have to pick your spot with uh, who you want him to catch. You know, yeah. where, do, where does he get his experience? Who is he most comfortable with? Is it Cease when he comes up? You know, good question. Of, you know, that, that'll be the interesting part. But in the meantime... We know he's an on-base percentage guy. He's a walk guy. He's a home run hitter. So from that perspective, I, w- I want to see him in the lineup too. And, it, you know, again, Alonzo was a nice idea, whether it was initially to bring Manny and yes. also to bring some slug uh, because of the fact that, you know, he's got a left-handed power bat. That's great. But, um, you know, at some point you're going to have to face the fact that if you want Collins to continue to get his at-bats, mm-hmm. uh, Alonzo is either going to have to sit or you either make out a trade, which seems impossible right now because he hasn't hit that well, and uh, you consider you know, if you have to let him go. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal. He's on the hook for $8 million next year, but there's a buyout. $1 million you could buy out right. next year. Wellington Castillo, by the way, a two-year deal, 15 mil, so on the hook for 7.5 next year but there's a $500,000 buyout on him. Right. One of those guys might make sense to launch when Castillo comes back. Well, it just depends where you're at. I mean, you have James McCann under contract control for another year. He'll go to arbitration next year. So that, that's essential for a Zavallo and Collins to be able to develop as uh, catchers for your major league team. Uh, you know, we, we will see if Collins ends up being the uh, everyday catcher or not. Uh, there's... Still a lot of talk that, you know, he's a hitter. Right. Get him in at first and DH, but certainly a nice moment. Let's take a phone call here on 670, the score in a moment. Bottom of the hour, by the way, is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, the Western Conference champion. Chicago Wolves would like to thank their loyal fans for making this 25th anniversary so special. Thank you and see you in October. Tyler Chatwood of the Cubs will join us in 10 minutes. But this is Mike in Glencoe on the score on Inside the Clubhouse. Morning, Mike. Good, good morning, fellas. And, and as a most pessimistic of White Sox fans, I have to say, 
this is the first time in I don't know how many years, this past week, where I really got excited. I was thrilled to see the, the whole Eloy New York series and, of course, to, to stomp the Cubs, uh, embarrass them in their home park. I got fired up, and if this is all they do, even if this is the highlight of the season, which I think it may be, I'm fine. I now see the light. I can see it at the end of the tunnel. Um, but the only concern I had that's lingering is we have a shambles of a pitching staff, and mm-hmm. the, the move to get the Lester-type guy has to come because if we're, depend- if we're dependent on Manny Banuelos you won't to be, be a starter. You won't be. Well, yeah, yeah. but I sat through what with that game against what was at the Nationals the other night where it took him about an hour to get through the first inning. But let's focus on the positive. You've got four or five guys, and I suspect I would be willing to bet uh, a mile uh, a mile high sandwich at Max and Benny's <laughs> that this this was the week that this was the week in which the Sox arrow started pointing straight up, and the Cubs arrow started pointing delightfully straight down. You know that's unnecessary uh, and egregious. No, but uh, yeah, but, but I, I like it. I, I like it because Matt doesn't it, like it. True. I enjoy that. Mike, thank you for the call. Bruce, you, Bruce you, enjoys it. You don't the, like the the, the, the it's in fine. your face. No, right? it's it, it, it's real. Hey, look, uh, you, it's real. That's how he feels. When it's you fun. Right in Boston, the Boston Braves were no longer there, hey. so you didn't have the the north side, south side, east side, west side. Whatever, you know, the Southies or whatever you, you guys do in Boston. It's, no, I, I, first of all, it was Jersey, and I've been here since 92, if you're trying to paint me as an outsider. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that the growing up part of... Uh, <laughs> yes, that's, you know, it's in his DNA, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. It has nothing to do with you, Matt. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the, the point of uh, <laughs> there's still people that hate the other team. I'm I'm down with that, you know. Why why not? Well, you know? if Mike is himself, and people dial the number. We want them to be themselves. Well, that's for sure. You know, the, the score was uh, born and raised, <laughs> as you said, in 1992 when you got here. Yes, sir. On. Uh, in your face. <laughs> yes. Right? A texter says, uh, one of the 10 White Sox fans who can operate a phone. Impressive. Another one says, another Sox fan tool. Now, come on, not another one. Hey, look, That's the only one you've heard today. It's I, the first one. I love this Chicago passion for their teams and equal passion for not liking the other club. Hey, man, if you can't do that, to your point, if you can't do that in a week when Eloy hits the game winner at Wrigley, I mean, come on. And he's feeling the overall hell. I, I was at, at, at guaranteed rate a week ago last Friday when Giolito did his thing against the Yankees. That whole series had an electric atmosphere with some no sellouts. No and here they are. And even just the way they won it last night right. with the, the squeeze bunt from Yolmer Sanchez, which was beautifully executed. And Yolmer's just a fun guy. He's not going to be an important part of a good team, really. But he's a, he's a fun character. And well, Jimenez did a nice job running the bases on that play last well, night. And, though. you know, give Ricky Renteria a lot of credit because he's used uh, the squeeze play to uh, the satisfaction of his team winning ball games, And just the fact that Yolmer had a poor attempt on the pitch before, mm-hmm. the first and third baseman both did not take another attempt seriously. There was nobody to make the play other than the pitcher on the perfect bunt by Sanchez, and the run scores, and that be, that's the game winner. So that's Ricky ball. That's White Sox ball right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, get used to it because you, you have a lot more players coming along. Now, we, we've talked about this. As the caller said, 
Let's not uh, get over our skis when it comes to the starting pitching right now. There's still a long way to go. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't sweat your Manny Benuelo starts. They won't exist yeah, next they, year. They, they, they have, you know, these are, these are necessary pitchers Some, and stopgaps for a rebuild. Nothing, nothing but, but a stopgap. Yvonne Nova's not they here. They weren't ready to sign Dallas Keuchel. Why not, though? No. I mean, will the, well, you really? Yeah. I, well, I, if Keuchel has a great rest of this year in Atlanta, he goes back on the free agent market. Okay, and he's, next he's, year's a good time. Well, yeah, he's very intriguing. Next year's a good time, well, and, I, I, and it doesn't have to be four or five years. No, 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 that's true, and we'll see what his market is. But I wouldn't – let's see what – th- I've always thought that Keuchel has the kind of stuff that should age nicely. So, so we'll see. I know it's hard to not tell. Not this year. Not this year. You know, they're not ready. Well, they, they, they were trying to go after Machado because – the opportunity was there for a guy of that ilk and that age at that moment. So I really liked the effort. I, I but now to, here we go. I hate to say this, but they, they don't want to get into a, uh, a situation where they're trying to get the second wild card. Okay? As much as, you know, they want to win all their games. No, don't I respect get me wrong. That. Yeah. But they don't want to be, oh, okay, we have to go out and get these two veteran guys Give up two young guys that we feel are part of our no. rebuild. That's that's not going to happen. But this offseason is the one. Whether right. whether it's Garrett Cole, whether it's Keuchel, some I, kind of pitcher. I, they, think, I think they're going to be all in on that. They're going to go out and get their guys. And there might be a trade or two that happens from their prospect now, capital. Now, Matt, if they see a guy that has four or five years of still eligibility before they become a free agent, right. they'll trade for him at the deadline. You know, if that fits in, if that guy's if there, they, sure. If they want, if they want to trade some of their veterans like Colome and uh, you know some of their other parts that they feel will fit, you know, as far as trades go, they'll do it. I mean, Brayu uh, again. I, I'm I'm mm. all in on trading a Brayu and re-signing him next year. Yeah, I I, I I like that idea. I'm all in. I, I like that idea uh, a lot because I like the idea of re-signing him. If you can go and trade him, I remember when the A's did that with Ricky Henderson. Right, they grabbed Steve Carsey from the right. Blue Jays and then immediately signed Ricky right back. They're, they're probably not going to trade Abreu because they still feel that he's an integral part of that clubhouse mix. And I think he should that he's come having back. Ha- having a very good year, leading the American League in RBIs for most of it. Mm-hmm. But I I love trading the 32 year old guy at the peak, and then saying, you know what? We're bringing you back as a free agent. You mentioned Colome, by the way. 16th straight save to start the season last night. That is a franchise record for Alex Colome. Trade him now. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Anthony Buick, GMC, and Gurney. Save over $6,100 on a new 19 GMC Acadia and save over $5,200 on a new 19 Buick Encore. Anthony Buick, GMC, and Gurney. GMC, we are professional grade. For offer details, visit anthonygurney.com. It's hilarious to see the, so- the Cub fan textures firing back at the Sox fan call. I'm ready for Aaron Bummer to close games. Uh, get get what you can for Colome at his peak. Mm-hmm. All four. That's a big part of what the rebuild is still all about. Texture says, any chance of the White Sox moving to Montreal? No, I think that's the Tampa Bay Rays for yeah, half the no year. There's no chance of anybody moving to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that Rays thing. Whew, yeah, that's a weird... We can talk about that a little later. I'd like well. to. What a weird little leverage play. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse. Tyler Chatwood of the Cubs joins us next right here on 670 The Score. He's not going in that strike three call. Bader called out on strikes. A blazing fastball that hit the outside corner by Chatwood. Been a really nice story this year, Bruce Levine. 
the uh, recovery of Tyler Chatwood from a really bad first year of his contract. Very well respected in that clubhouse, as you know, as he has worked very, very hard to find control again and, and fix whatever was wrong last year. It's been a nice story, and he got his first start back in the rotation this week. And uh, we bring in Tyler Chatwood uh, to inside the clubhouse as he is nice enough to join us for just a few minutes this morning. Tyler, good morning. Uh, you know, talking about you know the way that you've gone about your job so professionally through ups and downs and uh, where you're at right now. How, how do you feel about where you're at? Um, I feel good. You know, um, I feel good about what I've done and what I worked through. But, um, you know, every day is a grind. You still got to go out there and do your checklist and uh, make sure you stay on the process. I know uh, right now, you know, the Jed Hoyer said that the team's uh, ready to, you know, at some point go to a six-man. Uh, how, how do you prepare uh, physically as well as mentally for the fact that, you know, you might be going back into the rotation for a while, or Joe Nege is a long man, it might be that day. They have a good plan working for you? Uh, Yeah, you know, I just try to be ready every day, and whenever, you know, they ask me to pitch, just be ready for that. So physically just make sure I stay in my routine and, um, you know, just get the work in that I need to do to make sure I'm ready to pitch. Hey, Tyler, is there a confidence now in the physicality of your delivery uh, in terms of being able to find the strike zone? Uh, after the issues that you had last year, it's been so fun to watch you um, being under control in that way. Do you have a, you have a confidence about, about the physical part of that, and, or is, is the mental part of that still something you have to think about as well from start uh, to start? Uh, no, you know, I knew something was wrong last year, and I think the harder I tried, the worse I made it. You know, I was grinding a lot, but um, I went back and figured out what was wrong. So as long as I stayed throughout my daily process and my checklist of when I start throwing and making sure everything's in line, I feel really good about where uh, my mechanics are and everything at so I could just focus on trying to get the hitter out. You know, the way that you have worked at this and, and, and shown your teammates like a willingness to do whatever in any role out of the pen, regardless of what the money might be or what the thought was when you were signed – that's, um, have you noticed them appreciating the kind of selflessness, if you will, of a teammate like that? Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, everybody here kind of uh, knew what I, went with, what I went through, so I think they saw the work that I was putting in and everything, so it's nice to have them see that it's, it paid off, and, uh, you know, it's definitely nice to know that they fully support me. So, because not everybody does that, Tyler. Like some people will will get grumpy or like you know they'll, they'll get down in a hole and they won't work their way back. And you've seen guys go in that direction, probably. Yeah, definitely. You know, but um, when I signed here two winters ago, my goal was to win a World Series, and I knew this team was on a very good track of doing it. They had a good track record of winning, so that's my main goal: is to come out here and win games and help us win. So, whatever I can do to help, um, that's what I'm ready to do. How essential was, uh, you know, the John Lester and the Jason Hayward experience and, uh, you know, being able to talk to those teammates because they were so vocal about the fact that uh, they had difficult times when they first came in their first year of a, uh, a free agent contract. And just the adjustment for them and their family to a new city with high expectations were, was, uh, you know, very, uh, very difficult to deal with in itself, let alone, you know, getting, getting everything down to perfection. Uh, yeah, it's different. You know, I think uh, 
coming into a new clubhouse, new teammates, you're trying to make a big splash on them, and I think you maybe try to do a little too much, but um, luckily we have a great group of guys here, and you can just be yourself. So I think I've kind of settled in and got to know everybody a lot better and feel really good about um, where I'm at, and I could talk to anybody in here about anything, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool that you're you know willing to talk to us and other people about everything too, and, and how much mental skills departments – uh, have a, a bearing on uh, individual athletes in all sports now. And uh, if you could, uh, you know, just talk about how that's such an advantage maybe now, even compared to when you first broke in. Yeah, you know, um, I feel like when you first, when I first came up, uh, if you got seen talking to a mental skills guy, everybody thought something was really haywire and <laughs> <clears throat> something was really wrong going wrong. Um, but now I feel like it's such a tool to use, you know, you can, take your game to the next level just about you know you could take mental reps talk about preparation and stuff like that so i think it's definitely a huge tool to use and uh it's getting used a lot more now that's awesome i, I who who have you uh who have you been working with bob tewksbury's really good john baker's really good cubs fans know both those guys yeah um you know i i, I talked to them quite a bit um just in passing you know but i kind of have uh i've always had a like a set routine and mental thing that i've done so I pretty much stick to that, and then uh, I still run stuff by them too. Joe talked about uh, the fact that you were still someone he wanted to have out there the other night, but the plan for Alzale was once you warm up a starter, you, you kind of have to get him in there. I'm sure you were aware of the plan going in, um, but um, you know he felt, he felt kind of bad that he had to take you out at that point because he, he still had faith in what you were doing. Uh, yeah, I think my last inning was my best inning. You know, um, I think I gave up five singles and a homer, and um, you know, but for the most part, I felt like the last inning was uh, the best life I had on my ball. But you know, I understand once you get a starter going, uh, you got to get them in the game. So we won the game. That's all that really matters. So talk about the Alzley. Uh, tip of the hat or the, the tip of the whole uniform uh, and how much fun your guys had with that you guys did and just the joy of the moment even though he might have gotten carried away a little bit just you know the, the the absolute joy of a young guy enjoying some success the first time he hits the field yeah you know it was cool he got a chance to get a standing ovation he deserved it he threw really well for his first time out there and um I think he savored the moment, so uh, I'm sure it's something he'll never forget. But, uh, I mean, it's probably really cool for him. It's probably the first time he had one of those. So he took advantage of it. It was pretty cool. What, what, do, you, what do you think of his curveball? If we put your curveball and his next to each other, they're, they're, they're both pretty good, aren't they, Tyler? Uh, yeah. Yeah, two good curveballs. Um, I'm sure that we'll see a lot more of it. But, uh, yeah, he's got good stuff, and he pounds his own, which is really nice to see. In closing with you, and Matt and I really appreciate your time today, where, where do you think the team's at? You, you guys have had to gut out a lot of, ga- a lot of wins here. You're, you're in first place, but uh, that division is uh, you know, tight and probably expected to be tight all year long. Yeah, it's a tough division. Uh, there's a lot of good teams. Um, everybody's very competitive, so it's a tough division. But, you know, I like where we're at. We went through probably the hardest part of our schedule this last month and a half. You know, a lot of straight games, um, a lot of travel, but, you know, we're still in first place, and I think that's where we intend on being at the end of the year. We appreciate your time, uh, whether it's six-man or out of the pen. Uh, you've been a, a huge asset and a stand-up guy. We appreciate you coming on today. 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, right. Tyler. Tyler Chatwood of the Cubs. Uh, likely going into a six-man rotation along with Alzley. Uh, we might see that occur starting within the next five or six days. Long-term, Bruce, depending on how things shake out, I could really see Tyler Chatwood being that kind of middle closer, as Joe has called it before, like that fifth or sixth inning guy who comes in to, to miss some bats and get and get a strikeout like Justin Grimm used to be or Carl Edwards when he was going well because you might have late inning high leverage covered with Kimbrell and Strope and Ciszek, but Chatwood, uh, Chatwood as a middle closer makes a lot of sense as a possibility for me. Yes, indeed. Uh, you hear our fans uh, <clears throat> screaming for us right now. They the love hallway. that idea. It's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you come up with great ideas. <laughs> You should be applauded. And, Thank you. You know, the cartwheels, every, <laughs> thanks a lot for that as well. Yeah, there's 30, but, uh, 30 people in the hallway, and we have no <laughs> idea why, by the way. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the cool thing is that the Cubs, even though they have to pay him, you know, $40 million over these three years, they are going to find what they consider the right spot for him and ignore the pay. You know, some, yeah. some organizations would say, hey, we're paying him $13 million. We got to start He's got to be a starter. Well, let me ask you, uh, uh, you know, there is a moment this week where they decide to start him instead of Alzelay, and some people are like, oh, what's that, because they owe him? And it brought me back for a moment to that, uh, that Sunday night in 2016 when they started Brian Mattis because they had promised it right. to him. And you don't want to do that kind of stuff in the middle of a no, season of no, consequence, but, but he, that's, maybe that's not a fair comp. Here's the intel, what I've been able to talk to some of the execs about why Chet Wood started instead of Alzelay, okay. period. They felt he earned it by the work that he's done by the mental and physical part that he talked about mm-hmm. and by, by being vi- uh, viable this year, not the money part. He, they felt in that room uh, that it was important to give Chatwood that start. Okay. Now, going forward, I don't know what their philosophy is. But right now, it appears that both of them can fit in nicely if they go into the six-man. Now, the, the tricky part, Matt, is the seven relievers instead of eight for Joe during this period of time. How, how does he get by with only seven when they're, they're used to having eight? So we'll, we'll see that. Especially when one of them is Brad Brock. It's uh, Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine. Oh, that was old score. <laughs> on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Can you tell I've got Brad Brock issues? Um, next hour, the 35th anniversary retrospective on one of the biggest baseball games um, for, for the Cubs and a really important one historically on multiple levels. And we ought to talk to the guy involved and to, you know, a Hall of Fame broadcaster about Bob it, too. Bob Costas, who did that game back when the, the game of the week was indeed mm-hmm. the only game being played and being showed. And it was a, uh, a different time. So Bob Costas, Ryan Sandberg, you'll hear from Willie McGee, all in this special hour, 35 years ago, tomorrow, the Sandberg game. On 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.